You got uh, this. I can do this. Oh my gosh. I had to get that on my system. <laughs> <laughs> you're wonderful. Uh, you're talented. You're talk, creative talk and you're beautiful. Up, you're wonderful. I, I have nothing talk. bad to say about you ever again. <laughs> So That's you, what you wanted, right? Talk me up. Give me a pep talk. Robbie is wonderful. Robbie is awesome. Robbie oh. is the best guy around. Louder. He's beautiful. He's I wonderful. He's beautiful. He's wonderful. He's great. <laughs> Do you feel good to go now? Did you just call me beautiful? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Everyone should be told that they're beautiful. Ugh. Hey guys, this is Rob and welcome to question number 23. Why do we treat life like a game of musical chairs? That's a kick-ass title. You came up with that one. I'm a good title maker. You can't just not. You got to say something. I know. That's why I said that. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I was just Uh, supposed to be having a conversation with you. Cue the theme song. (laughs) Beep, 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 boop. That was a good one. That was good. Where do you live? In the city. Do you have a house? Apartment. On a rent? Rent. What do you do for a living? Lots of things. Where's your office? Don't have one. How come? It's a long story. Do you have kids? No, I don't. How come? What's your record for consecutive questions asked? 38. We're back now. <laughs> uh, that was a long wait to get back. Because we had to sit through the intro yeah, ourselves. We definitely listened to that intro just then. Mm-hmm. You know what would make recording this podcast intro a little bit easier? Some Sprite. Some Sprite. Do, you, do we have any Sprite mm-hmm. here? Sadly, all I can see are these cans of Guinness. That's good. I love me some weird sounds. It's so funny, Rob. It's pretty funny, though. (laughs) Do you think if we had our own Guinness, like, tap nitro system, whatever it's called, in our home, I mean, how many Guinness, Genai, would you drink a day if it was just, like, on tap? If you are pouring yourself a Guinness at home, maybe you are, uh, like, the majority of the people listening to this podcast who sit at home alone get a good crying crack open a can of guinness and listen to this podcast what was the question actually how if you had guinness <laughs> can i re-ask it yeah you can have i really want to know your answer oh, okay if you had guinness on tap in your house how many glasses pints would you drink a day and would you get sick of it Mm, no. Yeah, I agree. By the way, I am joined, as always, by my wife, my partner in crime, my... Cleopatra. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't ask me this someone, last week. Someone thinks highly of themselves today. Mm. Uh, anyways. You still didn't say my name, though. Oh, Sarah. Sister Cleopatra. Yes, Sarah. In answer to your question, if I could drink endless Guinness, first of all, Really, Guinness is good for you. That's not just bread is good for you. There's a lot of th- things that we... I, ju- I just said bread was good for you. Yeah. We don't want people thinking that. Well, That's when you like when you thought you wanted to go on a corn diet. Things can be good for you. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
years ago we got sweet corn and you were like oh, i love sweet corn so much i could just go on a sweet corn diet and i was like rob that was a joke no it wasn't <laughs> yes it was i'm not gonna go on a sweet corn diet i think you would die but if, you, if you've ever eaten a lot of sweet corn in a day corn just goes through if you eat only corn probably not gonna have a lot of calorie intake tree be quite slender that's a great diet cheers to corn diets Mmm, tastes like mother's milk. M- milk, as they say in Iowa. Milk. This tastes like mother's milk. Milk. I gotta go wash my hands. I got mother's milk on them. Milk. Pass me the milk. Have you seen that YouTube video? Milk. Why are you saying it funny? Hey, Josh, uh, grab me a glass of milk. They don't have any milk, but I can get you some milk. That's what he just said. Yeah, I just want some milk. No, you're saying it wrong. You're saying milk. <laughs> How do you say it? I'm saying it the way everyone ought to say it. Milk, M-I-L-K. Right, like 2%. Right, whole milk. No, 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 no. Give him the milk, Josh! Josh, pour me a glass of milk! Just give him the freaking milk! It's like the weirdest intro we've ever (laughs) recorded. Hey, speaking about Guinness, oh man, I am so thankful that we don't have to deal with sponsors on this podcast because if we did, I would have to leave all this Guinness talk in. Speaking about Guinness, the question for Sarah today happens to be about Guinness. This question comes from Stephen, and the question is for Sarah. Of course, Stephen, we know all these questions are for Sarah. It is, question for Sarah, what is the most random Guinness fact you know? Sarah, what is the most random fact of Guinness that you know? Three, two, one. All right, I'm ready. Is that the first? <laughs> Three, two, one, go. So, the most random fact I know about Guinness was that Guinness is a great employer. Back in the 20s, not only did they get health and dental insurance, they got several pints. <laughs> they got several pints of Guinness at the end of their workday. Well, why are you saying it like you're a tour guide because that's, at the Guinness factory? Because that's how you say facts. Okay, keep going. That's the, that's the main fact I want to highlight. Unfortunately, Guinness had to lay off 140 employees recently, but part of their severance package was that they got 14 bottles of Guinness every week for 10 years. That's endless Guinness. Well, 14 bottles a week. 14, yeah, that's two a day. Yeah. Steven, Steve, Steve-o, thank you for your question. Hey, I have a request of people that are listening to this podcast. Maybe this is your first time. Maybe you are a friend, a fan of this podcast, and you've been with us since the beginning. Here's the deal. It is an intentional thing at this top for us not to have sponsor. Hold on, just. (laughs) Gather yourself. Take a break from talking about how we don't have sponsors to take a drink of Guinness. I was doing that to be funny. I know. That was an intentional, like, fake cough. Yeah, I know. Anyways. I know you. Well, my <laughs> only, really, my only goal in this podcast is to add value to your day, to your week. Every week, every Tuesday, putting these out. So here's a request, a favor, if you will. Analytics came back. It says that there are about 4,500 subscribers that listen to this podcast every month. That's kind of crazy to me right now, especially since we just started this in May. Yeah, that's a lot. Because of this, I am looking more seriously of like what we can do with this podcast in the future to make it more sustainable. Because not in the sense of something for me, but in the sense of I'm realizing the value that this is giving to you during your week and me, my sitting down with people. So I want this to be sustainable in the future. And something right now, an action that would really help this podcast would be 
for you to take two seconds, head over to iTunes, the new podcasting app on your iPhone. If you have an iPhone, if you don't have an iPhone, just do us a favor, go out, purchase an iPhone. (laughs) Once you get that iPhone, it's going to take about an hour and a half to set up and transfer all your contacts, kind of realign your applications, a lot of crossover there. Once you do that, you're all settled in. You could probably get this done within a few hours. Pull open that iPhone podcasting app. I'm just kidding, but seriously, go to iTunes. Everybody has access to that. Rate and leave a comment. Five stars only. I'm not even going to go into why that helps us a ton, but it will. It's obvious. It's obvious. In the comments, instead of talking about how awesome this podcast is, leave a question for Sarah to answer on this podcast. A lot of people write into the website, which is thecuriouspod.com slash contact. I'd love to hear from you there. You can write to us. Uh, tell us about how this podcast has impacted you. If you want to go to the website, we've got an awesome interactive map that you can see where this interview and all the others were recorded on location. But do me a huge favor. This is my request of you listening this week. Head over to iTunes, rate, comment, subscribe. Moving on. Take a breath. Ooh. <sighs> I kind of got flustered there for a second. I got a real passionate about my, my big ask. <laughs> Let's just jump right into my interview with Danny Hoyt. Do you want to say anything about Danny? Of course I want to say something about Danny. Okay. But I thought we were getting into the interview. Yeah, we're going to get into it. I have to intro Danny. Oh my gosh. Okay, go. Let's talk about, before we dive into this interview with Danny, let's talk about this week's question title, the reasoning for it. Why do we treat life like a game of musical chairs? This comes directly from my conversation with Danny. This talk was so awesome. Here's the deal. Danny Hoyt is a network television host. He lives out in LA. He's constantly traveling the world. I happened to get a meet up with him when he was in town. Had a great conversation. Recorded this actually in the lobby of his hotel, which was actually awesome. First hotel lobby podcast probably ever. The whole musical chairs kind of comes from idea. We, Danny and I talked about this, uh, but you have this theory about where's this theory come from about the table and chairs and all that stuff. So I feel like as I've gotten older and sort of come into my own, which is just like part of life's journey. And like I've been at my job for a few years, I know what I'm doing. I'm good at my job. I feel like it's I've been thinking about in regards to work not being invited to the table. You know, people are making programmatic changes or brainstorming new ideas. And I was like, I have good ideas. Why is no one asking me? And so I've been kind of reframing how I think about it. And instead of like, oh, why am I not being invited to the table? I'm not going to wait to be invited to the table anymore. I'm going to take initiative and I'm going to just sit at the table. And if there isn't a chair there for me, and I do mean in the abstract sense, I'm going to bring my own damn chair. Hell Yes, I love that theory. So it's like an empowering mindset, and I think it's a confident mindset, and I think it's a really good framework to live by. Yeah, I feel like everybody can relate with that too. No matter what career or what Mm -hmm. industry you're in, this question we all go through at some point in time, that is, I feel like I'm awesome at what I do. I feel like I'm supposed to be doing this. Why are the doors not opening? Whatever. I mean, Danny and I talk about that, and he actually talks about how he feels it's egotistical to sit and wait for doors to open. It's thinking that you must think you're so awesome that other people are going to come to you. No, he says, get off your butt, do the work, be nice to people, and things will work out. Mm-hmm. He breaks that down a little bit more. Even, But this whole musical chairs thing is such a brilliant concept. And that chairs referencing our conversation, he talks about being out in LA and how it's so cutthroat in the entertainment industry Mm -hmm. that if someone is not able to do a gig, they don't pass it on to someone else. 
they hold on to it or they just say, mm-hmm. well, if I'm not going to get this gig, you're not going to get this gig. And that's where this whole concept of musical chairs came in, of this idea of the table that we're all trying to sit at. Mm-hmm. We're all running around it and either being bummed that there's not a chair for us, either pushing other people out of the way and being cutthroat to get these gigs, get these opportunities or whatever. But instead, he and I had this awesome conversation about a prosperity mindset, this mindset that's not, it's, it's not like that cheesy, like, what is that? Like Southern church prosperity. God wants you to be rich and healthy and wealthy. <laughs> is that the, pros- is that a prosperity? Yeah. It just kind of, no, has- that's prosperity gospel. Well, obviously. Yeah. But this mindset that there is like really believing firmly, that there is enough work out there for all of us. There's not a limited amount of money for us to make. Out There's there. enough chairs for everybody. There's enough chairs for everybody. We can stop like backstabbing each other to get the last chair because chances are there are enough. Yeah. And we can stop sitting at home whining about there not being a chair for us or somebody else got a chair mm-hmm. and just get out there. Build your own chair. Yeah. Or and- build your own table. If you don't even like what's around you. I'm trying to think of how to make that analogy make sense. And I think that would probably tie in with people who are entrepreneurs or that sort of thing. Those are people who not only build their own chair, they build their own table. Or anyone who is their own entity is, you know, if you don't like the work you're doing or you see a need for something and it's not there, build your own table. Yeah. I just think we limit ourselves in so many ways. Yeah. And then we end up fighting each other when it's so not necessary. Yeah. Analogy for build your own table. I mean, I can only speak from my own experience, which comes from music, sitting around waiting. Well, why isn't anybody asking me to be in their band? Why isn't anybody asking me to play with them? Mm -hmm. That's sitting around whining about it. Whereas what you're talking about, building your own table, that's the equivalent of why don't you go out and make your own band? Why don't you write your own music? Then you can invite whoever the hell you want to Mm -hmm. your table and play with you. As long as you don't suck and it doesn't, and it's not horrible. (sighs) Anyway, the analogy works in like so many different directions. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Good job, Hovey. I'm pretty right. good with analogies. Okay, let's dive into this conversation. My interview with Danny Hoyt, network television host. We talk about what that means day to day for him. But I mean, I, Danny's flying all over the place. He's working with people like the Los Angeles Chargers. He's hosting for the Big Ten Network. He hosts for the NFL. I mean, the next time he's going to be back in Minneapolis is for the Super Bowl. And some other tiny companies like Mazda, CBS, All Media, Fox, National Geographic, Kia, spokesperson for Harley Davidson, History Channel, Nintendo. So small stuff. A lot of things going on. You feel it? You ready, Danny? I'm ready. Let's go. Ava supplied us with DJ Danny Hoyt and his fully charged. That was awesome. Danny Hoyt here. We're at the Viking Experience, presented by the History Channel, down at Comic Con. Way too Texas was the time, was the time. That was pretty good. Guys, watch the voice. Team Adam is getting some major rock cred for the Voice season seven. <laughs> hey guys, I'm Danny Hoyt with Celebified. That is a wrap for the 67th annual Emmy's Red Carpet. See you next time. Danny is super legit. I really respect this guy, and I have a feeling that if people listen to this. You could really, I mean, there's a ton of just gold nuggets that he says. So let's dive into it. It's my conversation with Danny Hoyt in a hotel lobby. Yeah, I mean, if somebody's asking me like for, you know, for my capabilities or like if I'm able to do it, like I can, yeah, I can pitch you all day. Yeah. But like when you ask me straight up what I do, I'm a host. I'm a TV host. I host TV yeah. shows, internet shows, live events. That's how I started. Now I produce content as well. 
Um, so that's probably the broad angle, but people that don't know entertainment are still like, so one more time, what does that mean? What do you yeah, do? You know totally. I mean? So for example, like this week I'm here hosting with the Big Ten. Um, mm-hmm. You've seen College Game Day, ESPN yep. College Game Day. It's the biggest shows every Saturday morning. It was like my ritual. Well, then uh, different divisions within college football started their own show. So SEC started a show. Big Ten started a show called the Big Ten Tailgate. This is year two. So it's, uh, yeah, it's growing. It's getting bigger. It's black. Basically, we are on live TV on the Big Ten Network from a different college campus every Saturday. Every Saturday. Every Saturday. So you're constantly traveling. Constantly traveling. Yeah, so I have that on Saturdays, and then I fly back to L.A. on Sundays. And then so that's why you're leaving. So you're in yeah. town for something right now, and you're leaving tomorrow morning. Well, tomorrow morning we have our show on uh, so Saturday mornings. We do the live show, um, nine to eleven a.m. Oh, is that here? Yeah, it's right that's over. Right like, here. Yeah, okay. right over on campus. So we had walkthroughs today and runthroughs okay. today. We'll do that live on campus, and then I catch a flight right after back to L.A. Host at so I'm the host for the L.A. Chargers. So I do all the in stadium like <laughs> yeah, of course, which yeah. is the which is yeah. the coolest gig ever. These I got both these gigs in the same week. That's so badass. Yeah, and being like a, a football nut in general, not just college football. This is like, I mean, it's like I'm getting paid yes to watch football. So yeah. this is the next three months oh, or man. five months of my life. I do college football on Saturdays, yeah. L.A. Chargers home games on Sundays, yeah. straight to Super Bowl. So I'll be back here actually in Minnesota for two weeks. Yeah. So I host for the NFL for the last four Super Bowls. This will be my fifth Super Bowl. Dude, that's it's awesome. It's like a dream come true. If you would have told me as a little kid, like, hey, play this game of football because someday you get paid to talk about it. Yeah. It's the best thing ever. Man, okay, so we went to school together. Mm-hmm. When did you leave Minnesota? You moved to, because you, you moved straight to LA from no, Minnesota. So I or moved did you... back to Nebraska for a little bit. Yep. Um, for about two years. And then I moved up to LA. And then move back to Nebraska for a second. Yeah. And then back to LA. Man, I love process. Yeah. I'm a junkie for like the journey of like what took you there or like if this thing just like fell into your lap or have you been working your ass off to where you're at? The you latter. Have been. I've been working my ass off. And yeah. I don't have an agent or a manager. Everything I've built is on my own. There's no Because I was going to ask that too. It's all on your own. Yeah. Yeah. I've never, um, I've had a couple meetings. Yeah. But it's kind of, you know, in LA for what I do and where I want to go, there's seven are eight good talent agents that manage hosts like the big, like you're talking Chris Hardwick, Ryan Seacrest, Jason Kennedy, the big names, Carson Daly. And so to get in the room with one of them, to have them sign you, it's not just like, like I've done a lot and I'm nobody on their radar. So I've, I've done a lot of things, but I'm still like barely scratching the surface, which is wild. Which is crazy. I mean, I've hosted network TV shows. Yeah. And I, you know what I mean? Which is wild. So, uh, so yeah, no agent, no manager, no nothing built it on my own. Man. I'm fascinated with this whole like Instagram world we live yeah. in right now of like the social media because you have to play the game, especially someone like doing like you do what I do in entertainment stuff. You have to like post the cool things, right. make it look busy, <laughs> but like from the inside, it's so much more work. And so to see your website and like everything you've done and then to hear you say, I'm not even scratching the surface when it comes to the big dogs. That's crazy to me. What's wild is when I first started hosting, I knew a host to be like, Matt Lauer, Al Roker, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously Ryan Seacrest, like what Carson Daly was doing TR, like that's what I saw as a host. So I'm this kid in Nebraska at the time yeah. thinking like, how in the world do I go from here to there? Yeah. And I, I didn't even know if it was possible. I'm like, hey, those people are so far beyond. And it, not to say I'm, I'm close to them, but I'm miles closer. Yeah. And I didn't even realize that there's a whole other world that's not just like entertainment, red carpet hosting, like E! News. Yes. I thought that was like the cream of the crop. Yep. And it is. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah. I love Jason. Yeah, Jason's yeah. been like a big brother to me, Jason Kennedy. 
but that's not even like the world is that's a fraction of how big the hosting world is so i've been able to have a full-time gig and a full-time salary uh without a side job in la since i moved i've never had a side job i've hosted full-time and i get paid to be myself on a microphone it's the best okay so like you moved to la yeah and when you moved there started you never worked a side job never worked a side job i take that back i don't want to lie yeah yeah no that's fine well no no no. let me let me clarify one time i got a job at this so i had i hadn't hosted anything for two months at the time yeah and i so i was like well i don't want to be an idiot and just like assume something's gonna come let me be like proactive um, and so, and it wasn't just me that was responsible for money at the time. So I was like, I need to take care of So I went and got a job at a restaurant. They weren't going to hire me because I've never served at a restaurant. And so I finally, I had to give her an elevator pitch. I was like, listen, <laughs> yeah. I do this for a living. Yeah. Like I talk to people. This is what I do. Yeah. Trust me. I'll be great at this. But can you flip burgers? No, I cannot <laughs> flip a burger to save my life. I don't like the grease. I'm kind of a germaphobe. Um, so no, I served there for two days. Yeah. Uh, I was told that, so I would walk up to a table and yeah. be like, what's up guys, my name's Danny. I would leave and the person I'm shadowing, or the yeah. shadowing, they were like, hey, you can't say like, what's up guys. Like next table, I'd walk up and be like, ladies and gentlemen, how are you? I'm Danny. Like I'm like, I'm hosting <laughs> yeah, the table. Totally. And then I'd leave and they're like, you can't say like ladies and gents or gentlemen. What the hell am I supposed to be able to right. say? So I'm like, yeah. so you hired me for a personality. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want me to have a personality? Yeah. Got it. So two yeah. days in, um, I'd worked there literally two days of training. And just killing And got a call from the History Channel. Yeah, it was killing me. Oh. Then I got a call from the History Channel to host this thing at Comic-Con. Um, and then I've never looked back. So two was days. Was that the Vikings? Vikings, Deal? yeah. Okay, the Vikings yeah. show. Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. So, so that for was two days. Two days I had a side <laughs> job. I don't even think I got a paycheck, to be honest with you. Yeah. I got a couple of free burgers and we called it a day. That's awesome. Yeah. Man, okay. Like when I think about musicians yeah. and artists, if someone is looking like someone in Nebraska, because we're both grew up in Nebraska, yeah. if, like me, I, you just see the superstars, like the massive mega tours to open your eyes to this world of the working professional. Mm-hmm. There is, that's, that's the biggest chunk of it. Uh, so that's cool that you notice that with your world too. Well, Is I was just saying, like, on that point, that like it's kind of wild because you say like the working professional, like what's, you know, you hear about all these people that seem like overnight successes. And what's crazy is like, I've been doing this for, like we said, for 10 years now. And I know that the massive percent, like 99.9% yeah. of the United States has no clue who I am. So someday when I get a TV show, whether it's next year, next month, two years, whatever, but when I'm on network TV or whether it's just the internet at that time and I'm in living rooms and people see, they're gonna be like, oh my God, who's this kid? Where'd he come from? But people that know me like you are yes. like, no, he's been working his ass off for 10 years because yeah. that's what... Which is oh, wild. So I've been a working professional and working uh, host. Yeah, man. It's it's, but it's not for notoriety, which is crazy. Dude, this thought of oh, someone just exploded. They just yeah. came out of nowhere. Nobody comes out of nowhere. No, unless so you're many. unless you're like a kid star. Right. Like other than that, nobody comes out of nowhere. There's this whole thing that you're not seeing. This right. work, that's like sacrifices. Yeah. Oh man. So you you're in Nebraska. This hosting that was your goal. Yeah, my goal was hosting, and it was kind of wild because I. And I started off as a motivational speaker. So I kind of fell into this the backwards way. Yeah, because I remember that motivational speaking stuff. Yeah. Which is awesome. Well, so 2000, so I have a pretty crazy life story. So 2007 to 2009, when I moved back after, you know, after being in school here, I graduated, moved back to Nebraska. I started working at this nonprofit and, um, and yeah, that it was motivational speaking. And there wasn't Instagram. Um, Facebook had just barely started. There's, you know, Twitter started 2008. I was an early adopter, but we weren't using it then. Nobody really was. And so I'm, I'm speaking in schools in front of, you know, crowds of sometimes it's 300, sometimes it's 30,000. Um, and I, so I kind of fell in a backwards way because for me being in front of 
that many kids talking about anything and everything off the top of my head, no script, yep. was every day in a yeah. different state for two years. So I fell in love with, you know, you remember motivational oh, speakers oh, yeah. in high school? They were awful. Totally. Like 66% yeah. of you are going to use drugs. Like, yeah, totally. I know that. Yeah. Tell me why I shouldn't. Yeah. And so I came from the angle of like, look, I did, and it's yeah. not the right way. And I know what it's like to sit there and be in pain and mask your pain with all. The, so that's the angle we came from. So for me, like, thinking on my feet and talking and being able to give me mic and just say go. Yeah. I still to this day, I don't I don't get scripts from the NFL for this big thing thing. I don't get a script. They just give me mic and say, we trust you because we've seen what you like, so go and do your thing. So I kind of came in a backwards yeah. way to most hosts that are like, I want to be a host. Yeah. Teach me how to do it. I'm like, no, I already do this. Yeah. Now just pay me more money to do it yeah. for your brand. Before the motivational speaking thing, yeah. was uh, like hosting even on your radar? Or was that yeah. kind of like, oh, this could be a thing? It was. Um, it, was de it definitely was. But I didn't really know if it was going to look like uh, what it does now. I think I looked at it and I was like, I'm going to move to L.A. and jump onto a TV show. Like, yeah. my, in you know, totally. naive little yeah. idiot self. Um, so it definitely was, but I put it on pause because I was able to use my, my life story um, to help kids, which is, to be honest, at the end of the day, if I could choose one thing of everything I've done, yeah. I would go back and speak in schools for the rest of my life because I, I felt like I was making a, you know, not that I'm not making a difference doing this, but like I was, I was literally like helping kids every day. It was the yeah. coolest, oh my gosh, it was the coolest thing ever. Oh, that's so awesome. How did this, this idea of like, man, I really want to do this. Nebraska to LA is a huge freaking jump. Yeah. Bridge that gap for me. That like, was the biggest, that was the biggest stroke of, I don't want to say luck because I don't believe in luck, but like that was the biggest stroke of happenstance, coincidence, timing, divine appointment. If you're like, however you want to say yeah, it. Yeah. I, uh, was, yeah, so I was speaking for two years. There's a video online of me speaking in a school in like Missouri or something like that. Yeah. Somewhere random, Iowa, Kansas, somewhere Midwestern. And the Warp Tour was looking for a host slash DJ on the, the Vans Warp Tour. And um, and so somebody floated. They were like, I think you'd be good at this. You should submit. Well, I had, uh, when I spoke at these school conferences, we do like weekend conferences. Yeah. I would DJ the dance as well. So imagine like these speakers that are like up on stage at a conference yeah. of a couple thousand kids also DJ the dance. It's 10 times more fun. Yeah. So I would like bring the teachers out and make fun of them and, you know, get them in the middle of the floor and make fun of their dance. Totally, you know, it was a blast, totally. right? So I DJed a little bit. So oh, yeah. I was like, all right, I'm going to uh, submit for this thing for the Warp yeah. Tour. So I send my stuff off. They call me within like 20 minutes and they're like, interview me, right? Yeah. And this was on a Thursday. I find out I get the job in the same day. <laughs> quit my, I had a little temp job in the yeah. middle. Quit my job on a Friday. Flew to LA on Monday. Holy went through training, jumped yeah. on a tour bus and then went on tour with, with the Vans Warped Tour for three months. And Man. that's my whole career took off. I've never looked back. And you've been in LA ever since. Yeah. I had to come back and get my stuff and sell my motorcycle. And, <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah, all that stuff. It but, yeah. happens so fast. Your room is in your place is the exact yeah, right, same right. way you left it. My parents it. Are like, we preserved it yeah, when he left yeah, because we, he touched. might be coming back. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. I am fascinated with this whole like, pyramid of work, whatever line of work you're in. And like you're saying, you already said, like the top is these the celebrities or whatever. And that's kind of everybody kind of only sees that. Mm -hmm. And then you have just right under an inch under the Ryan Seacrest is this mass, this working field like you're doing. And even like these A-list projects that you're working on. And I feel like that is what inspires me because I feel like the inch jump between you and Ryan Seacrest is uncontrollable. Yeah. That's like a door being opened or someone like not the Vans Warped Tour type thing, but that's like, 
opportunities opening out of your control. I could give you 15 stories where if that door opens, that inch, yeah. that, I, that I jump that inch. But it's yeah. the hardest inch to jump. Yeah. I, it's literally come, like, for example, I've, uh, I'll just give you one. This has happened four times to me that I've been up for a network show. Yeah. And it comes down to two people. So much so that, like, you, I've signed contracts where, like, I had a seven-year deal what negotiated percent increase yeah. for each year, my face on merchandise, I get a percent of the sales, the whole nine yards. Yeah. And it comes down to a guy, me, and a girl. And they go with the girl. Yeah. That's literally happened to me. Uh, like maybe I just should go uh, wear a wig to some of these auditions <laughs> and just change my voice a little bit. Cause yeah. it's like, they, they say it's, they love your energy. It's Danielle. Yeah, Danielle. The- I'm a Danielle. <laughs> they love like the paint, like everything's there and it yeah. comes down and they choose. I mean, it's ha- I was gonna be the spokesperson for Miller Lite for this project. And it came uh, down to like, ah, girls do better on YouTube. We're gonna go with a girl. Yeah. My God, you're killing me. But yeah, so that inches that inch is a tough inch, but that's kind of like the fun part is, uh, you know, I mean, I could tell you twelve things that are in front of me right now that are still potentials that could happen. Yeah, and they could happen tomorrow, or they could never happen. Yep. Um, or projects that I've shot that I'm attached to that if they go, um, you know, I it's great, but they haven't yeah. gone yet. So that's fascinating. So I want to come back to this inch thing. Yeah. But I feel like what you just said there—that situation—that's. Maybe someone's not going to be up for network television, but that's something everybody can relate to in the sense of it could be an audition. If you're a musician going for a job interview or something like that, you come like, like weeks of hoping you're getting this and you come inches away from this. Like, how do you, how did you deal mentally without going down a black hole of depression after they said, we're actually going to go with this other person. Was that easier for you? Are you, are you naturally just like, cool, the right things will line up for me. You know, or, I've always been, I'm always a, I've always been a pretty positive outlook guy. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty much glasses half full. Yeah. Um, you know, life is amazing. I stay like that pretty constantly. Yeah. And I think that's honestly what has lended me, um, kind of, I don't want to say like an upper leg, but it's, it's helped me in, in LA. Cause a lot of people go with these big dreams and they get shattered really quickly. Totally. If a situation like that happens. Yeah. And for me, like I, I'm not, yes, would I love to be Ryan Seacrest, Matt Lauer someday, some, 1,000%. And do I want Jimmy Fallon's seat someday? Absolutely. Could I even come close to him? Probably not. <laughs> but like, of course my dreams are giant. Totally. But right now, when I don't get those, of course it, it feels like the most giant thing in my life. But if I pull back and take a, you know, step up on a stool and let me look at my life objectively for a second, yeah. in the big scheme of things, what's going on here? Yeah. I am in LA. I'm yeah. getting paid to be me. Like I, I, so I had to remind myself of the positives here. Like, look, I made it to the end. Yeah. In every single audition that I go to, there are thousands of hosts. So if I'm even like in a callback, awesome. That's a nod of like, you're on the right path. Yeah. So I get all the way to the end. For me, that's still kind of a win. Like, of course I want the money and yeah. the job and the- So you take it as like an encouragement. Like It's more of like an encouragement. Like, okay. hey, you're on the right path. Yeah. Like, you're, you're still doing the right thing. And a lot of people don't even get those nods. Yeah. So uh, I, I feel get blessed called that, like, in the door. Yeah. For that. So Seriously, even though yeah. I have ten to fifteen stories of like being that close, yeah, it tells me that, like, hey, my time will come. It's okay. Be mm-hmm. patient. And I kind of have this theory, and a lot of people in LA don't, which is so interesting. And I don't know if I put this on like growing up in Nebraska, or with you know good parenting, yeah. um, being around good friends, but like I kind of have this theory of like there's enough work out there for all of us. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm gonna put my head down, I'm gonna work hard, I'm gonna treat people right, and eventually yes. like my time will come. And I, like, I'll give you an example, like I, I'm on, still to this day, I mentioned this, I don't have an agent or manager, right? Yeah. So I still, to this day, and honest to God truth, yeah. I will go on Craigslist and peruse 
peruse Craigslist. Yeah. I've probably made, I don't know, 50 grand off Craigslist in the last 10 years. <laughs> I will go on LA Casting and submit myself. Like, I, I still, to this day, have a list of 13 key search words that I'll go on Craigslist and type in for jobs. And if it's not for me, if something comes up and I'm yeah. like, hey, this is for me, but my buddy Rob Morgan would yeah. kill this, I will send it to you. I'll tell you do why I do that. people post stuff on Craigslist? Oh, all the time. I got, uh, I, I hosted season eight of CBS's Undercover Boss. <laughs> And, From a Craigslist? Well, so I put my name through on Craigslist. Crazy thing is somebody else, one of my friends had hosted the season before me, and she had passed my name along. Yeah. So I ended up, they already knew who I was. Yeah. Uh, but they I see this name come so they through. So they were like, oh my gosh, Danny, that's the guy that, yeah. so, so I ended up going through, got the job, did it. But, um, but got it basically because I was persistent, put my name in. Really? On, yeah, on Craigslist. But like, let's say somebody, at, like you were going to do a job, you had a job playing, like you were going to play a gig, yeah. right? And uh, and you couldn't make it. You're you're you and your wife are having a baby. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What would you do? Would you leave them high and dry, or would you like, hey, I got a friend. This guy's great. This is who yeah. I'd recommend. Yeah. You pass along a name. Yeah. Well, in LA, people are not that nice. They're like, if I can't have this job, I'm not giving it to anybody I know. And because what if this guy's better than me? And then they hire him. And like, yeah, I'm completely different. I'm like you. Totally. Where if I see something, even if it's not for me, if it's for someone else way yep. outside, I will take the extra step because I'll tell you what. Yeah. Those people, next time they see a job that's for you, and this yeah. happens to me all the time, like, Danny, thanks for passing that thing. Here's this gig. And again, <sighs> that's another way I've probably made I don't know, Man. a year's salary off people being like, hey, I thought of you because I saw this. You yeah. Should. It happened 20 minutes ago for this new food show my buddy saw. Yeah. And he sent me a text. And, and he's like, hey, I thought of you. I with thought this of stuff. you. Yeah. Man, which is crazy because it sounds to me like you are almost changing a subculture within the people in your that you're in contact with. That's a wild this, way to put. Yeah, I don't know if I would have put it that way, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like this culture of the people you come in contact with. Of hey, hey, no, I'm gonna pass this along. If I can't do this, I don't know. I just think this mindset that you said of there's enough to go around. You just are naturally optimistic. Naturally like optimistic, and I think too like. I think good people, I say this all the time, good people should know good people. And a lot of people call it networking. I, I, w I wouldn't think of myself as like an active networker, but do I network all the time, every day, everywhere? 1000%, hell yeah I do. Because when good people know good people, you instantly you're creating network. And I'm not connecting to try and get a job from somebody, which is most people know are like, who are you, what do you do, what's your last name, how can I use you to get where I'm trying to go? For me, I'm just like, I should know this person because this person's an amazing human and they're doing cool things. And then I'll meet somebody else that they should know each other because maybe they can do business or they totally. would be best friends. Yep. And in turn, I don't think I look at it as like I'm trying to change a subculture, but yeah, you see like subculture change. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't mean in like an egocentric way, but in the sense of I feel like a lot of people don't uh, understand the impact mm. they have of the people around them. Yeah. And just the fact of like the subculture of you and your friends, like people seeing like, oh, I don't have to like hold on to everything so tight. If one of us gets a leg up, we all get we a leg all up. We all win. Yeah, yeah. We can, it's like I want to put my arms out, embrace all my friends and say, let's all step forward together because there's enough for all of us. Dude, I've seen a lot of people that have gotten a great gig and their peers that maybe play the same instrument or something are like the jealousy that comes out. Like, oh, how'd they get this? I'm just as good as they are. But instead of thinking, man, if this person goes on an A-list tour, we all step up. That's one leg in the door for everybody. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's just an awesome mindset to have. It, yeah, and I think, so I, I guess back to your question of like, what is it that, like I think I'm, I'm optimistic by nature. 
and positive by nature. And I think, you know, I, when I look back at the, you know, they say hindsight's twenty twenty, but like when I look back at the trajectory of my life, whenever it, I haven't been able to figure it out or it seems like there's no answer or one door shuts, I just keep doing what I'm doing because obviously I was doing something right to get there. And inevitably, like whether it's, sometimes it's two days and sometimes it's two months, but another door opens. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's wild. Okay, I want, I want specifics if you're willing to share. Yeah. You go in. You left. You heard you're not getting that gig. The girl got it again. What did the next 12 hours look like for you? Did went to you the gym. Home? You went to the gym. Oh, yeah. yeah. I went, went, went to the boxing gym, boxed it out for a little bit. There's a group of really loud ladies next <laughs> to us. But they're all dressed fantastically. Yeah. Especially oh. those sequin Ugg boots. Yeah. My God. <laughs> hey, I like your sequin Ugg boots. Not that I don't like any of your shoes. Just yeah. Hers are amazing. Yeah, you know. Okay, first, you went to the gym. First went to the gym. Uh, that's kind of that's that's my drug of choice. Yeah. Like if I need to just get through something, frustrated, yeah. whatever. That's my. I started. I picked up yeah. boxing a few years ago, and that's my. I just go box. Yeah. The bags for a little bit. Um, so that was first, and I think second is uh, is what I always do is I go right back instead of like letting it process inside of me. I go yeah. right back to a lot of people call it the drawing board, but like for me, I would go back to Craigslist, Ellie Casting. Yeah. I'll go. I'll go email someone. I'll make one positive move that continues down the same path that yeah. I was on. So if I get a no, yeah. rather than sit and like wallow in it, yes, it hurts. Yeah. And of course, it's like a little bit of a, you know, we're all egotistical to an extent. So it's a little shot your ego. But at the end of the day, like I can put pause yeah. and try to deal with this. Or if I keep taking one step forward, I'm continually moving and I yeah. don't want to ever stop moving. Um, there's this That's so awesome. The That's guy who so started awesome. well, it's so the guy who started Patagonia. I yeah. quote this all the time. Yeah, uh, I can't remember his name right now, but um, I can't remember the name of the podcast. The guy interviews uh, he like Blake Mykoski, the guy who started Tom's. Uh, how, how I made that. I think oh it's called. yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, I know I know yeah yeah. It's, it's a fantastic, but the one with the guy that started Patagonia is one of my favorites because he said something, and I I think about this all the time. Yeah, and this kind of goes in line with your question, but he says. When at the beginning, like when he was making this thing, he was going down a path and he would just keep taking one step. And if it felt comfortable, you take another step. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't feel right, yeah. stop, assess, and just take another step in some other direction. Yeah. Because it's better, better than not taking a step, or better than yeah. not taking a step, is just take one. Yeah. And if you don't, then you stand still. But if you move, yep. it might not work. Okay, then stop, let's reassess, and turn yeah. and take another step. But just keep moving. Yes. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Man, that is so awesome. I... If I'm being honest, I suck at that really? naturally because I get I just think too big picture sometimes. I'm thinking like too end result of like what I want instead of thinking like okay, what's right in front of me? What's like the work that needs to be done right now? Sure. What's the best next step? That's which is funny that you're saying all this cuz that's actually my mantra over the past couple of years of like okay, what's the next right thing to be done? Mm, just that's good. right in front of you. What do you do when you don't know though? If you don't know what the like that answer do you stay um, or do you wait until you know it to take a calculated step? Man, my thing, here's, here's my deal. For the longest time, years, I'm talking like 26 years of my life, mm -hmm. it was all about playing music, whatever, but waiting for opportunities to come my way, waiting for someone to ask me something. I never had my own project, just waiting for the doors to open. For me, the past few years has been asking myself, what's the next thing I have to make? Mm. So it's all about like creating something, whether that is something for the podcast, something I'm writing, like an ebook, writing music. I'm always thinking about what's the next right thing to create. Mm. 
So I've realized, at least with my personality, I have to be focused on like work. I have to just do the work, play the long game. Do you have that? Because you're kind of the same thing. I feel like you're really similar to, I mean, you are a gigging musician. Like you're not, there's a a form of like waiting for a gig to happen. Yeah, I think that, yes. When I started, and I would say my first probably... Well, maybe not. I, the first couple of years, I had a few consistent things. Yeah. But yeah, in between, in between those things, you're just kind of waiting. I'm pushing, you know, pushing on every yeah. front I can push on, yeah. and putting my name out there, and just trying to get on radars. Because I yeah. know, and I, I'm confident, if I can get in a room with the decision maker, yeah, like, and call it salesmanship, call it whatever you want, yeah. But like, if I can get in the room, I'm going to convince them yeah. that I'm the guy for the job. Like, I, they're going to fall in love with me. And that I would say that from like a like because I think I'm great. I'm saying that because I know I'm damn good at what I do. Yeah. And if they're hiring somebody for the job, like I'm yeah. going to show. Like if I'm if they don't hire me, then it's because they were looking for a, somebody with blonde hair or yeah. a girl. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Or, or somebody that's a different skin color. Like that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I know like it's not because I'm not good enough. It's because it's not what they're looking for. Yeah, dude. Does that make sense? Oh man, it. I have I have zero understanding of what it's like to be on that side because we come at it at totally different angles. Sure, stuff. sure. Similar, but, but it totally like makes angles. sense, 100%. But I think like, like, I couldn't be, I'm just saying it couldn't be more different because I'm like, my thing is like, I'm like after something like that happens, I'm thinking yeah. like, oh man, okay, like maybe I should have never picked up a base before in my life. <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah would be, totally. I would be uh, lying if I said, we're not, we're all human. Like we all have times where we reassess like, is this even what I'm supposed to be doing? Oh like, yeah. My God, my world is ending. But I think, you know, back to your original question of like, yeah, in a way, I'm kind of like a gigging musician. Like, I, I'm to the point now where I have, you know, like, I have Super Bowl every year. So yeah. I know, like, that's coming in, in January, February. I know I have now uh, the Big Ten Network. I'm going to yeah. have this every fall. Mm-hmm. Um, I have this Chargers gig moving forward, which could potentially be a longer deal. Yeah. Maybe three years till a new stadium opens. Yeah. Um, we're doing new things each week. So I'm, you know, foresee like, unless I mess up and say the F word in the stadium, <laughs> yeah, totally. I have this job for the foreseeable future. Man. And so it's to the point, like it's taken years. And I think what it's come down to is kind of what I said earlier, but like continuing to move in some capacity. So for example, in my world hosting, um, and this can you know be true for musicians, but if I don't have a gig, yeah. I'm not just sitting at home doing nothing and like going to the beach every day and just going to the gym and that's it. Like that may be what I post on my Instagram story. Yeah. But like, that's not, that's not all I'm doing. So I'm I'm either going to, uh, for example, small things like updating my website, updating where I'm going, reaching out to people that I haven't talked to in a couple months and making sure the relationship stays warm because when they have something come up, I want to be the first guy on their brain. Yeah. Um, or all the way forward to like, I'm gonna, I'm, I started writing a book last year. So like writing my, I'm gonna work on my book. I'm gonna write uh, my next short film. I'm gonna create some content here. I'm gonna write out, you know, reach out to a buddy. Let's write a sketch and film it. Yep. So I'm, I'm constantly trying to do something that keeps me active in the umbrella of my industry. For you, that's yes. like in between shows, what are you gonna do? You're not gonna yeah. not pick up your bass. Yeah. You're gonna go play yeah. and you're gonna rehearse and you're gonna keep your fingers fresh, right? Man, yeah. So it's just moving. That, man. Dude, what you just said right there is the difference between a professional and someone that thinks it would be cool to do what you do right. for a living. Of like, and moves to LA with hopes of like, oh, maybe I'll land something. And I'll just hang out and surf all See, day. It's hard. And what do you say to that person that I watch and I hear their questions and the way they're asking him? Yeah. And what they really want is notoriety. What they really want is to be famous. And yeah. Like, of course, there you get starry eyes in LA, and yeah. there's you know I would be lying if I said there wasn't part of me early on that like I can't wait yeah. to like have a hundred thousand followers and. 
I don't give a sh- crap. I think in case my mom listens, <laughs> I don't give a crap about any yeah. of that stuff now. Yeah. What I care about is I, I want to do a great job connecting with people. And if you want to pay me to do that, I will take as much money as you want to give me from whoever minus yeah. a few things. I've turned down playboy yeah. not to do it, to host for yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, but, but uh, you know, for if me, if you were offered playboy to do it, that's another story. You probably would. That's, yeah, that's, that's a great, little, yeah, great was, opportunity. Was, yeah. Back in the day, yeah. my prime, um, <laughs> No, but I, you know, for me, it's, it's hard because you see some people that like, you can tell that's kind of where their head is. Like, I just want to be famous. Like for you, I'm sure you've run into that. People are like, how do I get on with a big band? That's, and, well, man, you, the people you run into, like these people you're talking about, it's the difference between they, people would rather be famous than they want to be good. People right. want to be famous more than they want to be good. They don't put in the hard work. They just want the notoriety. Totally. And, and for mm. me, like another example, and I just actually met with this girl a couple weeks ago and she was asking Good practical questions. Yeah. She, we're about the same age. She's been around. She's been doing this. She's had some wins. Yeah. And she was like, I just, I feel like I've plateaued. I don't know what to do. Yeah. And so I took, I said, let's go back to the very beginning. What's the first thing you did when you yeah. got to LA? She goes, well, I needed audition. I go, when you got audition, what'd they want to see first? Yeah. She's like, a reel. I said, when's the last time you shot something new for your reel? And she's like, well, I haven't hosted anything. I want to put in my reel. I said, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Me and you, tomorrow, we're going to go out to the Santa Monica Pier, and we're going to make up a show, and we're going to ask people questions about it, or we're going to ask about what's going on with Trump. Or Cam Newton said yes. this about a women, you know, female reporter laughing at her, knowing stuff about, yeah. you know. So I said, it doesn't matter what it is. Let's go be active. Let's move. Man. I'll film you. Yes. We'll strategize on the spot, and let's make some new content. Yes. Man. Okay, that is another brilliant, that's another thing, the difference between being a professional, what you know, is that people don't give people breaks. People hire people already doing what they want them to be doing. Music's the same way, hosting seems to be from the outside the same way. People always want to be asked to the table. The table being whatever, hosting could be music, whatever it is. We want to be asked to the table. And some people That's an ego thing. I mean, is that an ego thing? Yeah, because people want somebody to recognize them and then ask, like, bring them in. I- I'm I'm opposite. I will go take a seat at your table, and yeah, if it man. takes me time, I will eventually earn a seat. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm going to get there. Yeah, whether it's my hard work, or eventually you're going to recognize my talent, and whether it's me being in your That's, on your radar consistently. Yeah, but you're gonna recognize it. Yeah, and man. Okay, you you said something that just hit me so hard. That's an ego thing, is what you said. It's an it's actually egotistical to wait for someone and think someone's going to pick you up. Yeah. Of course of it's a nice thought, but it if you really break thought. it down, you're waiting for someone to come to you for a job that you want. Why not go get it? Yeah. Like, wh- I guess for me, it, it comes down to the simple fact of like, if you want the job, yeah. Like what? Nobody. I'm sorry, but like, um, there's a very few people in the world. They've just come knocked on your door. You know, you hear like, yes, I don't know, you hear stories of yes. that, but that's so rare. Yeah, that doesn't. That happen. is. That's what we're talking. That that's something you can't control. So you're an idiot to put your hope in the that one inch that you have no control over. Right. Whereas there's this massive spectrum of a field, an industry that you could have a great life and have your goals and even more of a shot to bridge that inch. Yeah. I got a lot of that, by the way, from one of my one of the guys I look up to the most. His name's Scott Belsky, and I got to interview him not too long ago. But he wrote a book called "Making Ideas Happen," and it's absolutely making brilliant. ideas but, happen. Yeah, but he's one of those guys that just looks at something and instead of like trying to sit back and problem solve it, he's like, "Well, I'm just going to continue moving until I figure it out." Like he just takes ideas and runs with them. Yeah, it's so inspiring to watch people like that. Man, okay, so 
I'm gonna, I'll put a link to that in the show notes yeah, of yeah. this. Okay, if you had to talk to yourself, you move out to LA, if you had to sit down with yourself right after that warp tour got done and give yourself a piece of advice of like, what are practical tips mm. to go out and get the gig? Giving advice to myself is a little hard to do, um, but I would, you know, I would tell myself um, to be open a little more because when you get an idea of what you want to do, a lot of people stay focused on that. And of course you should stay focused. But if I would stay focused on my initial idea of what I thought hosting to be, I would not be in any of these live events. I make my money off live events, majority of them right now, as opposed to produce content. I, I probably 70% of my money that I make my, is off live events. I didn't even know that was really like, yeah. I mean, I knew kind of warped to her, but then it was like, how do I get this to the next level? Or like yeah. I'm just hosting, not like doing yeah. the hard grunt work. Yeah. Man. So uh, I would say I would man, say yeah, that like is so awesome. Yeah, I would say and you know, I I would be remiss if I didn't mention like uh, my dad is is one of the greatest speakers and charismatic leaders I've ever met. Yeah. Um if he I mean he is the greatest. He's the greatest in my life and growing up watching him, you know, he's a pastor of a, mm-hmm. of a a very good sized church in Nebraska. And so I grew up watching him speak and not just on the platform, but off the platform. Yeah. And he would take me to hospital vis- visits and he would take me to a board meeting yeah. here and, there, and I'm watching how he handles everyone from every background and every possible situation and scenario yeah. and handles it with grace and class and charisma yeah. and engaging people. And so the greatest teacher I ever had was, was in my house, yeah. my dad. And so I'm watching him. So for me, I would be remiss if I didn't say a lot of that comes from getting to watch him yeah. and learn and be so it's already innate within me. Totally. Then translating that into like, okay, you want me to get on a mic and get people excited for Super Bowl yes. 51 here in Houston, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. Like, or wherever, where were we last year? Was it Houston? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Houston. Yeah. Jeez. You're asking the wrong person. <laughs> uh, but like, so I think, yeah, it's, it's, um, Dude, your dad is legendary. I have friends who multiple people, one of the things your dad's known for, and I don't know if you probably know this, I've had friends play at your his church yeah. in Nebraska, and they say, yeah, I played there like 10 years ago, <laughs> and I was just playing keys, came back in 10 years and later, and he remembered my name. Yeah. Is that like a thing? Like he's not, like remembering people's names. He's so awesome at it. That stands out to people. You know what's funny is, yeah, still, it happens all the time. And um, and I've watched it happen in ways that blow, like, hey, I visited your church one time 22 years ago. I knew so, yeah, Frank and Debbie, whatever. Marcia, yeah. like it was, but, like, it works. It uh, And somehow he, so I've, that is that is the, one of the greatest tools I could say that I've got from my dad is the way he makes people feel valued. Yeah. And there is nothing that makes someone feel valued more than when you remember details about them and it starts with their name. Yeah. And so when someone tells you, and I've taken that and ran with it yeah. and that has been something for me in, it's wild that you bring that up in LA that has paid so many dividends and not like, I don't mean literally, I mean figuratively, it has opened doors because you have one interaction with someone somewhere and 100% yeah you come back later and it, it makes them feel like the top of the world yeah. and because I, I know for me oh, yeah. if somebody remembers who I am little old Danny Hoyt like yeah. it makes me feel incredible so I go out of my way that is if one, anybody second guesses that yeah. you can 
you prove your point thinking about any time you've gone up to someone and be like, hey, good to see you again. And they're like, oh, nice to meet you. And you've we've met like four or five times. <laughs> Nothing makes you... I was your roommate, dude. Yeah, I was your yeah. roommate, dude. <laughs> Nothing put, puts a bigger gap between you and someone than yeah. something like that. Like forgetting details, names. That's that's such a pivotal point in any conversation. Like, let's say it goes the other way. Yeah. And you do what you just said. Yeah. That, that, you, that leaves yeah. a stain like oh, a, yeah. for a long time. Technical question. Are you good at that? Or is that something you've had to cultivate and practice? I'm very good at it now, but it's because I've cultivated and practiced it. Yeah. I, for example, had nine local people from here in Minneapolis helping us set up for this yeah. Big Ten show tomorrow. And never met any of them before. And I asked all their names once. One guy I'd ask his name second time. Because I was like, remind me your name again. Was it Ju- Julian? He's like, yeah, Julian. Yeah. But I, that was the only guy I wasn't sure. Because when they all told me, I wanted to make sure I remember. Now, these are minimum wage. Maybe not minimum wage, but like, you know, 18, 20 bucks an hour. Yeah. Day laborers. Yeah. Like, these people worked their butts off for us today. And I'm not saying that's solely because I remember their name. But like, I wanted to make them feel like what they're doing is valuable and important. Totally. And so, yeah, I, I am very good at it now. But it's because I work my butt off. I can tell you the girl working at the counter right now, her name's Adrian. But it's only because she checked me in and she yeah. was super nice. And I just remembered because I went back down later to ask her a question. And she took care of getting my valet out and then getting my boxes that yeah. got shipped here. And got them all in my car. Went the extra mile for me. Yeah. Simply because I remembered her name. Do you, you have any like tools or anything that you've had to apply or is it just being intentional about that? That's been enough. Uh, of a it's step? being intentional. I would say, Do you have any, I mean, like mental tricks. Yeah. Real practical one is eye contact. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, you know, they're, they're, they're so they'll do this a lot. Yeah. And for me, it's, it's eye contact. It's, uh, you know, it's being intentional about, about being in the moment, being yeah. present, you know, um, so I, I, I don't know if I have something super practical uh, the for initial, you. Well, initial awareness is what people call that. Yeah, initial awareness. The, um, the biggest thing when people don't remember names yeah, is that I they initially say. don't even like hear a name. It's happens like, hey. all the time. Yeah, it's just yeah. like instantly you told me your name, I won't remember it. So they say like 90% is And listening. that's that's a big moment. Okay, yeah. this happens too. Where so like, eye contact with that, yeah. Eye contact, but like this does happen where it's okay to ask somebody again, but there's a window oh, yeah. where you can ask them yeah, because totally. after the window, you, and if you start working with them, and yep. now you're like, hey, what was your name again? Yep. Then it's hurtful. Totally. You, yeah. Like first 30 seconds. It happens all the time where like, I'll shake your hand and yeah. you'll say, I'm Rob, and I'll say, I'm Danny. And it happens yeah. at the same time. So you yeah. don't hear mine and I don't hear yeah, yours, yeah. right? But we just move on. Yeah. So for me, what I what I would do in the moment would be like, hold on, sorry, I said my name at the same. My bad. What yeah. was your name again? Yeah. Now I'm not gonna forget your name. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh man. There's like there's that little window where it's it's okay to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Man, okay, that's awesome. I mean, I feel, I genuinely feel like there's a few things that you said in this that if someone took into that they like listened to and they held on to it would change the trajectory of someone's life. That thought of like small steps but also being open if you're not open and you're not moving how are you able to step into what could be the most awesome role of your life if you're not doing that stuff i just think that's super inspiring yeah and i think too like i i appreciate that you know i it's not like these are new ideas that are coming on my head i'm i i'm learning new things each day yeah, yeah. kind of like you like i i'm a there's a lot of people that i look up to yeah and i'm uh you know like books and audiobooks and podcasts i'm, I'm kind of a nut for for learning and I used to um, think it was going to be learning, like school learning, like yeah. I want to get a master's in leadership or communication, yeah. which don't get me wrong, those are great. Would I still love to do that? Absolutely. But I can learn all those same things and more practical values for where I'm at in my industry yeah. uh, off podcasts and off things. So I'm, I yeah. have people that, you know, they, it's that old adage of like, show me your friends and I'll show your future. Yeah. But like literally, I'm, I'm looking at who I surround myself with. Which is hilarious because you're sitting under like a massive neon sign that says we're all students. 
<laughs> Which is hilarious. Of like this yeah. thing of like being a student of life. We're and always, not to be yeah. too, that's super cheesy. We should, well, you know what together. we're going to do? Just to prove this, yeah. we're going to take a photo with this. Yeah. Uh, you were, this is the photo I'm going to take of us and post. We're all students. That's so rad. I didn't even think about that. It is awesome. But the thought of like constantly, yep. like not, you're just not being entertained, taking time off. You're constantly watching. Mm-hmm. The moral of the story, man, I, I would say at the end of the day, my mantra and like my kind of vision and theory on how I attack the industry and how I attack LA is I want to work my butt off and I want to treat people right. Um, you treat everybody with respect and you work your butt off, like things are going to happen. And I may not get, I may never host a show on NBC on network prime time that my parents at home in Nebraska can watch. I may never, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Because if I stopped and retired hosting right now, my God, I am be light years beyond where I thought I'd ever be. And I've done some cool things. And at the end of the day, if I keep treating people right and working my yeah. butt off, good things are going to happen. And oh. it may not be in hosting, but like I, I'm not worried about it. Things just, it's things happen when you do it the right way. There's not shortcuts to success. There are no shortcuts. There are there are a few, and that is the outlier, as Malcolm Gladwell would put it. But the most of us, like you said, you weren't looking to create a successful podcast, but you started out of a weird place in your life, and look where you're at now. With thousands of subscribers and doing really cool things, yeah. man. You are a testament yeah. to what I'm talking about. Totally. Hey guys, this is Rob with just a quick note before you head off into your week. I just wanted to say a huge thank you, a massive thank you to any of you that have rated, commented, or subscribed to this podcast on iTunes. Also, thank you to those of you that have reached out to me and shared your stories of how these interviews or some of these conversations have impacted you, have inspired you. Man, that has been so awesome to hear. If you have a story you'd like to share with me, head over to thecuriouspod.com slash contact, and I'd love to hear your stories or any just questions you may have for me. Hey, while you're over there, if you want to check out show notes for this or any of the other interviews I've done or contact info for this guest or any of the others, head over to thecuriouspod.com for any of that. And also, I'm really pumped about this. We have a map right there on the front of the website that shows all the locations that these interviews and conversations have taken place. It's pretty cool. You can click on it. You can see where these have done. If you want to go visit them, if you've heard something you like and you want to go check it out for yourself, that's right there. Or you can just check it out at thecuriouspod.com slash map or just right there on the front of the website. I'll show. I'll show. Also, if you want to reach out to me on social media or follow me anywhere, pretty much everything online is the Rob Morgan at the Rob Morgan, whatever you, you, you know, the drill. All right. Enough of that nonsense. All this podcasting has made me thirsty. You know, (laughs) I am so pumped that I do not have to deal with sponsors for this podcast or else I'd have to tell you podcasting makes me thirsty and nothing quenches a podcast thirst whether you're listening, uh, interviewing, editing, recording, listening to something unrelated to a podcast. Nothing quenches a thirst like a Guinness. Hey Hofi, can I steal you for a second? Do you have anything you want to say about Guinness? I'd like to take a minute to thank Guinness because it truly is made of more. That's all. Alright. That's it. Thanks. Uh, I love that crap. All right. Have a great week. See you next Tuesday. Anything else? Thanks for being here. (laughs) I got nothing. Say the most random thing you can think of. Yell it. I got nothing. Do it.
The only word I can think of is formaldehyde. <laughs> Perfect.